Oh, people, thank you for a song of victory and a shout of victory in the camp today. Father, we honor and glorify your name. How wonderful you are. We thank you for your great salvation in Jesus' name. And Father, I just ask that you take the words of my mouth and that you'd use my mouth to bring glory and honor to your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In his name, amen. amen. Well, so good to see you all here today. It sounds pretty exciting out there. There's a lot of uh, faithful people here. I don't know. Uh, yes, I do. It is very exciting, isn't that? I love that, eh? We've been redeemed not with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. How wonderful. You know, when you do a business transaction, you normally sign your name. Sometimes you've got to do it in front of the, front of the lawyers. You know, men with all their great big deals. You know, I've done it many times. Sometimes I have big deals being a businessman. But you've got to sign your name. But I want to tell you that the new covenant has been signed with the precious blood of our Lord. When he signed it, he signed it in his blood. And all that he is, is all that we are in him. As he is, so are we in this world. Let's stand in him complete today. Awesome. Amen. You're there? Great. We can go home. Not quite. Okay, Jesus at the center. Last month, we had the theme, uh, family matters, and family does matter. People matter to God. You and I matter to Him. Our community, everybody in our community, from the least to the greatest. In fact, the Lord said the least are to be the greatest. If someone walks in and rags, give them the front seat. Amen? That's the way the kingdom of God rolls, and God cares for them, no matter who it is. Well, Family, family matters last month, Jesus at the center this month. And when you got Jesus at the center, uh, you get uh, my topic for today, and that is perfect peace. Perfect peace. I want to share this story with you, and I think it's been shared here before, possibly by Dave, I'm not sure. In uh, 1555, Nicholas Ridley was burned at the stake because of his witness for Christ. On the night before Ridley's execution, execution, his brother offered to remain with him in prison, in his prison chamber, to be of assistance and comfort. That was a good thing. That's what a brother should do and wanted to do. Nicholas declined the offer and replied that he meant to go to bed and sleep as quietly as ever he did in his life because he knew the peace of God. He could rest in the strength of the everlasting arms of the Lord to meet his need. So can we. Yeah? Cool. Amen. See, safety uh, consists not of the absence of danger, but of the presence of God. Yes? Charles Wesley said, I rest beneath the Almighty's shade. My griefs expire. My troubles cease. You, Lord, on whom my soul is stayed, will keep me still in perfect peace. And that peace is yours today, my brother and sister. As you build your life on the rock of Christ, as you abide in Him, He's in you, you're in Him. We're one with Him and one with the Father. Praise God. Perfect peace. We're going to read today in John 20. We always love this passage, Resurrection Day. Whoa. John 20, verse 19 to 21. Then the same day, that's the resurrection day. At evening, being the first day of the week, when the door, do you know this is the first day of the week, Sunday? New beginning. A new week has begun. 
our first fruits. That's why we come here to remember the Lord, first day of the week. Monday's not the first day of the week. Sunday's the first day of the week. Anyway, just a thought. Anyway, the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. And Jesus came and stood in the midst, probably straight through the wall, I presume, and said to them, peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. Wow. These are the ones Jesus had around him. A motley crew like you and I, from all walks of life. Praise God for that. I've been included. Hallelujah. I'm excited about that. You know, I've said this before, but I'm going to go back to it in Revelation 21, verse 8. We have a list of people there uh, that, that uh, are cast at the end of the age into the lake of fire. And, and it says there, just get who's at the beginning of this list, because I've got a point in this. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable, murderers, sexual immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Who's heading up that list? The fearful and the unbelieving. Who was in the upper room? Who were locked in there? The doors were shut for fear of the Jews. The fearful. What did Thomas say? Unless I put my finger in his hand, and I'm not going to believe when they told him afterwards because he wasn't there that first day. He had wandered off somewhere. I don't know where Thomas was, but he wasn't there, but he was the second week. Some people, sometimes people might not be here. They might be doing other things. Thomas was one of those people, but he was there the next week. And so we need to encourage people to be here. But the point is, fearful and unbelieving. This, to me, just displays the grace of God. His loving favor, that he would take people in this list, no matter who it is. It doesn't matter if you're a murderer or an adulterer or a thief. God's grace is extended to all. Many of us has failed in many ways, but the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. And it's his grace that teaches us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts that we should live soberly and righteously in this present evil world. Praise God for His amazing grace. For these disciples, they were not at peace. And so often in this world today, we're not at peace. Things around us perturb us sometimes. So often the world gets to find out what we're against before they know what we're for. Ooh. Is that true about your life? That you're telling everyone what you're against, but they don't really know what you're for? Is your life giving people just cause to believe in Jesus? Just a thought. Just putting it out there. Maybe the Lord was asking me that. I've got four points today. And uh, Jesus at the center. The first one is Jesus at the center makes us peaceful. When Jesus came here, with the disciples when they're locked in that room. They were afraid because of the Jews. They might have even got even more afraid when they saw someone float through the wall. I don't know how that happened, but Jesus possibly came through the wall. I don't know. He might have walked through the door, but the doors were shut. It makes it very clear. 
But we won't elaborate on that. But when Jesus came, the first thing he brought was peace. Peace be unto you. That's what he would say. And he is here this morning. And that's what he wants to say to you where you sit in your seat, whether you're a mother, a father, whether you're a teenager at school. He wants you to enjoy his perfect peace. So he's saying to you this morning, my brother and sister, whoever you are, peace be to you. It's all right. Be at peace. In fact, Romans 5 verse 1 says, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You and I know, don't we, that faith is forsaking all. I trust Him. F-A-I-T-H. Forsaking all, I trust Him. That's what faith is. It's not leaning to my own understanding, but it's in all my ways acknowledging Him. Trusting Him. And He directs our path. You know, my grandfather... uh, grandson, sorry, not my grandfather, my muku, Caleb. He stayed with us a couple of times this week. We love our uh, little Caleb. He loves his nana, and I think he loves me too. <laughs> More his nana, but he loves me as well. And uh, he slept at the foot of our bed. We're giving Reese and Carmel a, a little break. Oh, there they are. I better keep my voice down because they're at the back of the room. <laughs> and uh, through the night, he would be troubled about something, probably six or eight times a night, and he was there at the end of the bed, and like I'd done with all my children, I'm a bit of a light sleeper, and when I know he's there, I hear him, you know, and I hear this little, just little cry, uh, or whatever, I'm straight up, it's all right, Caleb, put the thing over him, because I can do that, I can get straight back into bed, and I'm asleep in 30 seconds, so I can get up six or eight times in the night, and I have a sound sleep. And, uh, but it's like us sometimes. There's things that happen in the night, and we just need reassuring. We need comforting. You know, as we go through this dark night some, of this world, sometimes there's darkness around us. And even in your situation, you might be going through some trial, and it all seems dark and dismal. And we just need the affirmation that our Father's got it all, that the Lord is with us, and He wants to bring His peace. And we just need to hear His voice, and then you'll be going back to sleep. So he didn't really wake up, Caleb, but he just needed to hear the voice. He just needed that voice, that reassurance, yes? Amen. And I know you're like that sometimes. And I want to tell you this morning, the Lord just wants you to hear his voice. He wants you to know it's all right. Peace be to you. The days that we're living in right now are days of opportunity and blessing and harvest. The days when the unity of the people of God should be uh, highlighted. The love and the grace that we have toward one another. More than ever, whenever the need is greater, that love and acceptance and grace should not be dividing us. It should be bringing unity, and it is. And we declare that in Aotearoa, the people of God flourishing and walking together in unity. Amen? So you can have peace in your life today. You can have peace in your marriage if you're married. He brings peace. He speaks peace into our marriage. He speaks peace into your home. He wants there to be peace in the home, every area of your life. Not just Sunday and and, and paying lip service to having peace. No, it flows out through the week. Peace in our family with the children. And I know there's things in my family that sometimes unsettle me. You know, things that happen in the lives of the children, whether it's illness or perhaps someone goes off the, off the track a bit and off the rails like I did when I was younger. You know, there's things in life that would cause concern and seek to rob us of our peace. 
But he wants you to know that you can have peace. You, your trust is not in your ability, but it's in him. And the word of God says, your children shall be all taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. So I accept his word above all else, above my feelings, above my thinking. I stand upon the word of God. Peace in your workplace. The Lord knows we've had many a trial in our business the last four years, and the trials keep coming. But that's all right, because where there's a trial, there is opportunity for growth and for blessing. If the road was always easy, we'd never get strong. If we're only lifting one kilogram with the weights, Reuben, you'd never get strong. Praise God, you're on to about three now. Is it three kg bench press? Two and a half. Praise God. Glory to God. Amen. That wasn't written down here, actually. <laughs> so, Jesus at the center will, will give you, make you peaceful. So just be at peace, Reuben. Number two, Jesus at the center will make you joyful. We're a happy church here, eh? We're a happy, clappy church. Yeah? Happy, clappy. That sounds pretty good. Well, if you're not happy and clappy, we've got something to celebrate and rejoice in. Come on. Woo! And it says there in uh, verse 20 where we read in John 20, it says, Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Ah, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. See him as your Alpha and your Omega. See him as your whole story. Because he is our life. You know, when I get up this morning, I wake up about 5.30. Even at 5.30, it's the crack of dawn. You'd hardly even think the dawn had come, but the birds are chirping and praising and bringing the day in. They're so expectant, aren't they? The birds are out there twittering and carrying on, and it's hardly even, the sun's a long way from coming up, but they're excited about it. They can see it happening. You know, we want to be like the birds in this church. We can see the dawn of a great harvest in our nation and in our land, and we're excited. It doesn't need to be right on our doorstep just yet, although it is, because we already see it by faith. And that's why we're excited. We see blessing in our whanau. We see blessing in our community, in our nation, in Northland. We see blessing, blessing, blessing. That's why we sing God of nations. We're a leading nation in the world. We declare that. New Zealand. New Zealand. What a blessed nation. That nation where the sun rises first. And may the sun of righteousness rise in this place and in our hearts with healing in his wings. And may the light of God flow out from our spirit into the rest of the world, our community and the world. God is raising up leaders in this house, eh? Praise his name. That are going to be world changers. But what excitement there is in the uh, church when, when there's a dawning of a new day in the life of a person. When someone is born again. We heard about that this morning. What a wonderful thing it is when we're born again, born of the Word of God and born of the Spirit of God, those things that are incorruptible. See, when the source of our life comes from Him, it is eternal. That's why Jesus said, He that believes in me shall have eternal life, everlasting life. It's not three-day life, two-day life, two-week life, two-month life, two-year life. It's eternal life. If you could lose it after a couple of years, it wouldn't be eternal. The Word says, he that has the Son has life. 
But he that has not got the Son of God has not got life. Yes, you have an existence in this planet, but life in the Spirit. You see, when God talks, He talks on a different plane. He's talking in the Spirit. God is the Spirit, the Word says, and they that worship Him should worship in spirit and in truth. So once a, 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 day, a new day dawns on someone's experience and they're born again, we're excited about that here. We want to see many salvations. We want to see Northland turning away from their own ways and coming to Christ and letting and making Him Lord of their lives. And it starts right here with us. It starts right here with us. And if He's not Lord at all, He's not Lord at all, as we say. Praise God, today we're celebrating and baptisms today. I just love that when we go out and we bury the, the old person that drew, uh, lived from themselves that their whole source of their life came from then and that gets buried and then suddenly they come up out of the water and we leap, believe for uh, them being clothed with power from on high and the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and God empowers them then to walk in newness of life and be a blessing to the world. And they walk forth in power, praise God. Jesus at the center will truly uh, make us joyful. And God wants you to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. He doesn't want you to worry about your past failures. He doesn't want you to worry about your present circumstances even, even though they can be a distraction. And he doesn't want you to even start thinking about tomorrow and your future challenges. He wants you to trust in him in every area of your life. Why? Because God's grace has already done everything for you. The victory is won and the victory is ours in Christ. And we just have to trust in Him, laying down our own will, doing His will, being led of His Spirit, and fulfilling all that He has for us to fulfill. In John 16, before Jesus went to the cross, He said to the disciples, Therefore now, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again. So He's looking forward to when He saw them after the resurrection. I will see you again. And your heart will rejoice. And your joy, no one will take from you. If your joy comes from the things you have, from the things you do, from earthly things, earthly entertainment and all that, yeah, it can be taken away from you. But if your joy comes from the Lord and He becomes your portion, the bread of heaven, as we had this morning, we partake of him. No one can take that away from us. We've been born again of his spirit and his word. No one can take his word out of our heart, the seed of the word that's been sown there. Praise his name. Oh, I could another half hour, eh? Is that clock right? Someone's going to play with the time now. No, just checking. Jesus at the center will make us joyful. Number three, Jesus at the center will make us useful. Peaceful, joyful, and now useful. Praise God. You want to be useful in life? Useful to God? Useful to your fellow, uh, to your neighbors in this world? Fellow citizens? Yeah. So John 20, verse 21 that we read in that passage at the start Jesus says to them, when he came among them on that resurrection day, he said, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. 
Jesus is sending us to go with his aroha, with his favor and his grace and his words to speak this week into the lives of some people that are out there in need, to bring a word of comfort. Seek his guidance, how we might be able to speak that comfort and that blessing over people. Praise God. Because we are to be the mouth that speaks for Jesus in this world. We are to be the uh, feet that run errands uh, for Jesus. Be aware, listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Get used to how God speaks to you, that still small voice. He'll put something in your heart, even when you wake up in the morning. I must give so-and-so a ring. I must go and visit so-and-so. I don't know, they've been on my heart for a day or two. Let him lead you. Let him guide you. Let your feet be swift to run errands for Jesus. Let your hands do the work of Jesus. When I thought of this, I thought of Dave. Here every morning, setting up the chairs. He's so faithful, serving the body of Christ. What about your hands? What has God given you? The greatest privilege and honor of, of, of us all is to serve His people and to serve those round about us. When you're serving in the church and putting out the chairs, you're serving Jesus. Jesus when you're visiting someone in prison, you're serving Jesus. Jesus said, whenever you do this to the least of these, my brethren, you're doing it to me. So I ask you as you sit in your seat, what are you involved in that you're faithfully doing because you appreciate all that the Lord has faithfully done for you? Are you involved in the church? Are you coming weekly? Not for what you can get, not thinking, well, who's speaking today? But you're coming for what you can give. That's why you're part of the body of Christ. You are a joint of supply in the church. Yeah? When Jesus is at the center, you will be useful. If he's at the center of your life, you will be youth, useful, yeah, and faithful. We haven't got that down there as a point, but I'll just throw that in there. David's faithful. Sometimes I've seen him down here on his own setting out chairs, Dave, and he still comes. For years, he'll do it. And recently I thought, well, I'm not going to leave him there. I'm going to come down at quarter past seven and uh, help him out, just in case someone else doesn't arrive to help him. Thankfully, Peter arrived today to help him. Praise God. Maybe one morning you'll be here to help him. Glory. Amen. What a privilege. Hallelujah. Just a thought. We're to be the mouth that speaks for Jesus, the feet to run errands for Jesus, the hands that work for Jesus, and the heart to love Jesus and others. Is your heart beating with his love, with his aroha? And is it flowing through you? to your community, to your family, to your community. Starts at home, of course. Starts in our marriage, loving husbands, loving our wives and our children. And we sing to your children in the blessing song and uh, to your children and for generations. But it must flow out into our community. Hebrews 10 says, verse 24 and 25 says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. So I'm stirring you up this morning. To love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as we see the day approaching. God is preparing us, yes, for a day of harvest, but a day when Jesus comes back to receive his church to himself, the bridegroom of our hearts. But we do it all and we walk with him through life all for love. 
because we love Him because He first loved us. And we're recipients of the grace and the love of Almighty God. Praise God. It's the least we can do. We're in this for the long haul. We're here to be faithful to the one who is faithful to us. He didn't need to. He is so great and so amazing. But he's done it for us. I may just add there too, that before he did it for us, he did it for his father. So often we think we're the center, don't we? But Jesus said, I only do the things that please my father. Before he did it for me, he did it for God. Praise God. And we've been brought into that wonderful relationship between the Father and the Son. Praise His name. So let's go on to point four. Jesus at the center will make us powerful. Amen. The greatest demonstration of God's power was when He raised Jesus from, from the dead and He sat Him down at His own right hand in heaven. The power of His resurrection. We want to see the power of God in Northland with people being raised from the dead. People that are spiritually dead, cut off from the life of God. We want to see resurrections. Praise God. And people coming to life in Him. What power raised Christ from the dead? It was the right hand. The right hand is the hand of power and blessing and favor. And He sat Him there. He's forever sat down because the work is complete. But yet another passage in the Word tells us he's standing as our high priest because he's still serving his church. He's still serving the body. The head of the church, our Lord Jesus Christ, stands there. But he's seated because the work's completed. But as he is our great high priest, as he uh, works and intercedes on our behalf with the Father, he's still being faithful. Praise his name. He's faithful to me. I want to be faithful to him. I want to be faithful to him. Acts 1 verse 8 says, Jesus said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and in New Zealand. Now, how many of you knew that New Zealand was in the Bible? (laughs) Shirley knew it was there. What translation do you read? No, I'm just joking. (laughs) To the outermost parts of the earth. Praise God. Power through the Holy Spirit. I just love see the Spirit of the living God. When we're born again, we're born of His Spirit. He comes and dwells in our spirit, not so much in our head, as it were, or in our feelings. No, that's our soul, and our soul needs to be saved. Yeah, but we're given new life in the Spirit. God is a Spirit. So, um, yeah, power. We need power. So often our power is taken when we go back yeah, you might have had a beginning with God, but you go back to making your feelings or even your own thoughts the center. I want to just question today, whenever you're doing something, thinking about doing something or perturbed or your peace is gone, just stop and pause for a minute. Where is the source of that coming from? Is it like, I feel that... Uh, I feel afraid for my children and for my grandchildren today and the days we live in with all that's going on in the world today. Where's that coming from? Is that your feelings? Uh, or I think, I think it's terrible. I think, you know, the source of that, your mind, will, and emotions, that's your soul. That's where the people of the world live from, their soul. Yeah, we live through our soul, but at the source of all that we are and all that we have is the Spirit. It's Christ, you see. And it's because we believe that our children are all right 
that I feel at peace and I feel that God's going to bring them back and I feel that God's going to bring them into blessing because I believe. See, it's more important to know what you believe in the Spirit and the spiritual book, the Word of God getting sown into your spirit than what's going on in your soul. Do not make the soul the place where you live from. You live through your soul. I think this is a word for someone here today. Praise God. So when you believe, you believe that Jesus is your rock. You believe that He is your provider. He's your protector. Therefore, you feel secure. You feel blessed. You feel satisfied. When you take communion, you're not thinking, goodness me, that uh, bread is a bit dull and boring to chew on. No, no, you're you're actually by faith partaking of the bread of heaven. You know, I was going to speak on the bread today about eight things. Eight is the number of new beginnings. You know, I love numbers. New, New life, new beginning, number eight. Seven days in the eighth day. And it's in John chapter six, which is the number of man. And there was eight things I was going to bring out about the bread of life. See, the bread of life is for man. See how the numbers work? I just threw that in there. But the Lord said, no, I want you to speak on this side to change. But Jesus is the bread of life. Make sure you're drawing from Him. The Bible says, when Christ, who is your life? Not when Paul, who is your life, shall appear. Then shall you appear with Him in glory. No, there's no glory that comes naturally from me as such. It's when Christ, who is my life, shall appear. Then shall we appear with Him in glory. It's important to keep your eyes on what is important. And the truth is important. And the truth is a man. It's not some dogma or creed. It's a man. It's Christ Himself. He is the way. He is the truth. And He is the life. And He's he's the only real truth. He's the one that can set us free. That's why the Bible says, He that has the Son has life. He's the one who gives us life. If the Son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. And He wants to give His life to you this morning. My last scripture is Revelation 21, verse 6 and 7. And He said to me, It is done. This is the Lord speaking. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. He wants you to come thirsty to him, to partake of him, to trust in him, and glorify and honor him in your life. And it's like an old song that we used to sing when I was a kid with Christ in the vessel, this vessel, this boat that's sailing across the the sea of time, to have Christ in our vessel, we can smile at the storm as we go sailing home. It was an old song we used to sing in our family. Sailing, sailing home. We're going on through this world, but with Christ in our vessel, when He's there in the center of it all and He's our life, we can smile at whatever comes our way because we know it's all right. He's got our back. It's all covered. With Jesus at the center, it will make you peaceful. With Jesus at the center, it will make you joyful. 
with Jesus at the center of your life, it'll make you useful. And with Jesus at the center, you will be powerful. Come on. Hallelujah. Yeah.